trust, perpetual trust. Amen? And so perpetual trust in itself, we know that perpetual, since we're, that's the word that's before all of the studies that we've been doing, um, is continuous, continually, continual. But what is trust? Amen? I have so many different, and it, I don't want to say different, but so many words that speak to trust in my notes. It was hard to nail it down. But confidence in, security, safety, refuge, to hold confidence in. And it said that multiple times. Amen? So tonight, our objective is, and I'm going to read it right from the, the script. It says, the objective of this lesson is to discuss perpetual trust and why we at Striving for Perfection Ministries believe it's important for believers to employ and to practice. So it's something that we need to live by. Amen? And so the topics on tonight, the first one is uh, trusting God for guidance, trusting God for help, trusting God for strength, Trusting for deliverance from distress and trusting for provisions. And so we'll start with that first one, trusting for guidance. Trusting for guidance. Trust, the scripture it has on there is uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and it's so familiar. It's a familiar passage of scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Um, there's different versions of that, that English, contemporary English version. It says, with all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Always let him lead you, and he will clear the road for you to follow. So just in that alone, that says so much. I think we, we hear it so often, we, we forget to break down that passage. But it says, in all your ways. That's in everything you do. Everywhere you go, before you make any decisions, big and small, we need to acknowledge him. And what's acknowledging God? Seeking his guidance, seeking his instruction, trusting his way finding out what, what is God's way and how do we do that? How do we acknowledge him in all thy ways? Of course, we have to commune with God. In order to acknowledge him before you make a decision, before you do something, you have to be in commun communion with God. You, you pray to God. You have that relationship with God so that you can know what it is that he is saying to you or how is he leading you. And it's kind of hard to say, I'm trusting God when you don't have a relationship with him. You have no idea what it is that he is telling you to do when you don't have that, when you're not in commune, commune with God, communion with God. And the rest of that says, and he shall direct. He shall lead you. He shall guide you. When that direct says which way to go, he shall. In that direction, there's also he will stop you. He will caution you. He will warn you. He will slow you down. He may say no. <laughs> ah, y'all don't want to deal with that. We love the way it sounds so pretty. And he shall direct thy path. He might say no. He may say, 
don't marry her. Don't marry him. Don't do that. Turn around. Go the other direction. Don't take that job. Oh, leave that job. Y'all don't want to talk tonight. But in that direction, in all your ways, when you're acknowledging God, when you're seeking him, when you're praying to him and getting, and getting that direction, you may not like necessarily some of the direction that you get. But what is that? That's still following his direction. So in that is obedience to the direction that you receive. Because not everybody, some people get direction and hear and feel those unctions and get the answers that they've been praying so hard for. But when it's not what they uh, wanted or they intended it to be, they may not necessarily um, obey what it is that God has guided them or directed them to do. So, so that, that oh, yes, get your mic, Major. <laughs> I mean, because some people pray and they're like, well, God told me to do this when it's really you telling me to do it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. You're right, I mean, right, and, and that goes back to that part of that having being in relationship oh, right, with God, right, right? Being able to to hear God's voice, be getting and being able to go back and get those answers. You're not sure. I'm not sure, God, in which way you might be leading. Go back and make sure before you go ahead and do what it is that you you want to do, and what you think is right. Save yourself the trouble. Because I can tell you from my own experiences, I have tried it my way because it was something that I wanted to do, and it don't always work out right. And he'll start you back from the place that you should have been to begin with. But with disobedience comes a whole lot of other challenges, a whole lot of other trouble, and, and, and maybe some suffering that you could have avoided, some pain you could have avoided had you the instructions of the Lord. Amen? And so that's the guidance of God. That's that trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. Also in that, right from the passage it has in here, um, it deals with the Hebrew word of trust, um, meaning to lie down on, to put your entire weight on something. And it gives a really good example of when you go to sleep at night and you lie down on your bed because you believe it's strong enough to hold you up. I don't think anybody lies down in any bed kind of cautious thinking that the bed may topple over if you, if you, when you get to lay down on it or you may not necessarily lay down on that bed, amen? But they're saying in that way, in that regard, the same way that you just get in your bed knowing that it's going to hold you up, that is the way that we are to trust in God with all of our heart, Amen. entirely, Amen. without exception. And so um, God is saying, trust him completely, that he can sustain us. Your own understanding may not necessarily support you, may not necessarily be that strength that you're looking for or that that sturdy bed that you think that you're laying on. When you lean on your own understanding, you're dealing with shaky, something that's not necessarily strong enough to support you. And so we're left to, and it would behoove us if we did lean on God because ultimately he knows all. Amen. 
He, know, he knows the, the end from the beginning. And those things that we see kind of in part, we might know little by little, we know just enough ahead of us, but we got to keep in mind that God sees the, the big picture. God knows the grand scheme of things of what's out there. And so who better than to guide you than somebody who knows the whole story? someone who knows the outcome or what, you know, why. He may see why he's telling you no. And all you can see is, oh, I just want that thing so bad. And I'm just going to be, let me just be honest right here. I have prayed for some things that when I look at right now, I am so grateful to God that he did not give me the yes that I thought that I had to have in that moment. Oh, Lord, please. And I'll be just, just be open. You look back over some relationships. Oh, I just thought this wanted to work. But God said no. And you look back and see where you could have been or the mess that you could have been in that was not intended for you. You better thank God tonight for some of the no's that you thought you had to have. Amen? <laughs> so that's the guidance. The next part of that we were dealing with is trusting God for help. And this could be, this, this is a tough one, I think. This could be tough. It doesn't have to be, but I think it, it could be tough. Trusting God for help. And I say it's difficult. It may be difficult for us. And I'll go back to those definitions, and I'll explain to you some of the reasons why. I, in the definition of trust, in the strongest definition, it said confidence in, um, secure, security, safe, safety, refuge, and next to that I put dependability, to hold confident. And at the very bottom of there, it had one woman. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I don't ignore stuff like that. I don't ignore that in the definition of trust, it would have one woman down at the bottom because that means something. Amen? Even trust, even in relationships, in our natural relationships, there has to be trust. It, it ha there has to be trust. Even if you're on your job and you're working, there needs to be some level of, of, of trust in that relationship in order for it to be effective, in order for it to be blossoming, in order for it to be a good and healthy relationship. There has to be some, some form of, of trust, work relationships, family relationships, neighbors. And so, and I'm just going to talk. Let's just talk in here. Y'all being real quiet, but I got it. So if you have ever given any re reason in, in a relationship not to be trusted, uh, not, maybe you have not been dependable, you leave the relationship, you kind of expose your relationship to lacking some trust, lacking that confidence in there, lacking some security. If you've ever left the door open to not be trusted, say you've been unfaithful, or you've left some doubt there. You've opened the door to somebody not feeling as safe or as secure as they should in that relationship. Amen? Amen. And so let's just pay attention because even in our natural relationship, there needs to be a form of trust. But let's deal with this. Do we put, we put um, expectations on our natural relationships? but we don't want to apply those same things to our godly relationship. Let's deal with that. Let's deal with that. We have expectations on man. 
an imperfect being, someone who you're able to do right, but we are flawed. Let's be honest, people are flawed. You know, we, we, are, we don't have it all together. We're working toward being more like Christ. But we sometimes put some of those expectations that apply to, to God. You know, one of the things I used to say, well, no, I still say it. Like, so, I used to say, when, when people show you who they are, mm-hmm. believe them. Amen. But <laughs> then, with that, I have to live like that. Right. I have to, I have to be accountable, so who I am is what I have to show at all times. I can't be this way in this crowd, this way in this crowd, because... That's uh, conflicting. Right, right. Conflicting. You know, it really is. So trying to live up to to being that person who can be trusted. Right. Living out those characteristics. Because we know, I mean, first of all, there's no one. But also being that person to say that. Right. That's trustworthy. For you to come back and say, you know what, I'm I'm working on this. I know that I'm not doing all I need to do. That's open. That's That's someone who... You would say it's trustworthy. I know that you're going to acknowledge, hey, you know, I didn't do that quite right, or I messed up over here, or hey, I'm working on that. You know what I mean? But what are our expectations from God? Do we do we put that confidence in God? The same confidence that we put in people or in man. You know, sometimes we want an answer right at that moment. And before we pray, we might call somebody or we might do something else before we seek God in the way that and he's the perfect being. Like he is the one that ultimately we can truly depend on. He is the one that we can trust in. But do we do we give him his due? Do we put him in his rightful place and honor him in who he is by trusting him to that full capacity? It's just something to think about. That's something I had to think about in my own study, like, you know. Sometimes we don't. We don't always. We don't always do that. You know, we deal in the natural more so. You get a mic. Amen. I think it's very easy for us to trust in people because we can see them at all times. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that causes us to forget. God is the supreme being. Amen. And sometimes when you're reading or you have a Bible study or a church or a sermon, certain things come up and you'll be like, oh my God, how could I forget? That is the stuff we're later on. Like, not later, like through the process I'm going through and I'm like, don't you just trust the people and just forget one important thing and that's God himself. Mm. And at that point, you know, I start praying God. But that's what should have been my first step. Right. But my first step was to yeah. go around it to come back to realize that I didn't go where I needed to be in the first place. Amen. And, and I think it was something interesting that you said about uh, uh, do we wait for God's time? Sometimes, I mean, but no for me. <laughs> I mean, not yes, but, but no. Because I keep, you know, if I keep praying for the same thing, maybe God is telling me no, but because I want it, I keep saying, God, you know, hey, 
an action figure is from doing all, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do. Why? And you're right. The answer may be no. So or all not, now. not now. <laughs> not now. Not now. Better. Not now. Man, it's not always a no if he doesn't answer you right when you want it to. Right. And sometimes that delay is probably intentional. I know I'm, I'm just speaking from experience. We want what we want when we want it. And God's timing is, is perfect. He knows when it is best. Um, and sometimes that delay is, is what you need. Right. Right. To really realize right. th that is really, this right. is really right. what I want. Right. Because sometimes that delay can help you sit there and think, right. you know. Yeah, or he'll start showing you some yeah. things about some things that you have been asking about, some things that you have been praying for, and, and so that you can see it from his perspective and not your own. Yeah. And, and I'm going to just throw that out there. That's what prayer is. You know, sometimes we think prayer is just asking God for what we want, but, but ultimately prayer is aligning our will with yeah. God's will. Amen. That, that's really what it's supposed to be. We start, you may start out ah, thinking, thinking, but the more time you spend in his presence and in his word, it's just got that way of your will aligning with his will because you know that what God wants for you and what he has for you is what's best for you. Amen. And when you get to that point, that's what you want sometimes takes a backseat what you thought you wanted right. because you realize that it may not be in my best interest. Amen. And so... Who, who better than to trust and to put all of your trust in God than in ourselves? And then what we think, you know, we're limited. And when we keep that in mind, in, our th in what we can see, in, in, in the way that we think, we're basing it off of what we can see, and we can't even see all of the big picture. Amen? If you would, go to uh, Second, Chronic Second Chronicles chapter 32. I want to... Um, Still in there. I want to I wanna turn there because God showed me something um, pretty powerful in there that deals with, deals with trust. Amen? Second Chronicles chapter 32. And as you're turning there, I'll just kind of set it up. Um, in, this part of, in this part of the passage, it's King Sennacherib who invades Judah. He's, he's a king of Assyria. He invades Judah in this passage, and he's successful. He lays siege on some things and kind of shakes up the people, shakes up the, the city a little bit. And after he does that, um, Hezekiah, after Assyria is, um, after Judah's invaded, there was some talk about him invading Jerusalem. And so think about when, when the, he's already successful in what he's done. And so now Hezekiah and the people that are with him are kind of concerned because now he's saying, well, I did that. Now I'm going to um, invade Jerusalem. And so Hezekiah, knowing that that's what his plan was, began to fortify the city. He said he built a second wall. He began to do some things to prepare for what he knew was coming. Um, they said he fortified the city, he appointed officers, he prepared weapons of war, kind of made sure we had enough shields, we got enough, you know, things to defend ourselves, things to open ourselves, you know, things to, to be ready and prepared for battle. And I just want to look at, let me see, I'm in uh, Second Chronicles 
32. And so after Hezekiah does all of that, in verse 7, 32 and 7, he tells the people and he encourages them. He, he then speaks to the people and says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people took confidence from the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And I just need you to know that. So after he encouraged the people, he does all that he's supposed to do. He fortifies the city. He appoints officers. He prepares weapons of war. Then he encourages, the, then he speaks to the people and encourages them. And, and so here's King Sennacherib in uh, verse 9. But let me just start in verse 10. It says, then uh, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, He's questioning then the people that Hezekiah just kind of built up with confidence. On what are you trusting that you endure the siege in Jerusalem? Is not Hezekiah misleading you that he may give you over to die by famine and by thirst when he tells you the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not this same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem before one altar you shall worship and on it you shall burn your sacrifices do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the people of other lands were the gods of the nations of those lands at all able to deliver their lands out of my hand I'm saying all of that because he is talking what we call big trash or some people say he's talking mess he's bragging he's boasting he is instilling doubt in the people by speaking. Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, I'm in 15, or mislead you in this fashion. And do not believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you out of my hand? And his servants said still more against the Lord God and against his servant, Hezekiah. And so I'm, I'm going to leave that right there. But I just wanted, and God showed me that very clearly, how we, we, we can't just, trusting is not just trusting one time and I trust God and I'm moving on and I trust God. It's going to require, it's going to require, how do you, it's going to require you to fortify some things. After you have spoken, I trust God. After you have said it with your mouth, you're going to have to do some things. And fortify yourself, you're going to have to pray. You might have to fast. You're going to have to be obedient. You may have to praise your way. But there's going to be some action or something on your part that exercises your faith to say that I trust God. Amen. Without you just saying with your mouth, I trust God. And, and there's a big difference. There's a difference from you talking it and you believing the words that you're saying. Amen. And the enemy knows the difference. Amen? <laughs> the enemy knows if you're just talking, I, I trust God. I believe God. And whether you believe God. Because sometimes when you, when you believe God, there's some action. There's something behind that. Yeah. 
when oh, God said that you're going to give birth to a son, you may start buying something. There's going to be something on your part that says, I believe what the word of the Lord said to me. I believe the words that God has spoken to me. And it's not just you talking. Amen? Amen. And so in comparison, I just want you to know this is how the enemy, he wants to instill doubt. And doubt is really something to get you not to trust, which is the very thing that God is asking us to do, is to trust him with all of our heart. And so the enemy is on his job by instilling doubt or getting you to, oh, that didn't work that time. See, he, he was able to invade. He invaded Judah, and now he's coming for Jerusalem. And so because he was able to do it that last time, and you know what? Listen to this guy's track record. Yeah, he has done this and that. And man, you know what? But you haven't done, uh, looked at all of the things that God has done in your life. How many times God has delivered you? What are the things that God has done for you? And so that, and that's the enemy's, that's his plan to get you to doubt, to get you to question, wow, is it possible? Amen. Is he able? Huh? Amen. And so out of that, I just began to th- deal with when Hezekiah heard he began to fortify. When he, when he knew that there was something already coming against him, he had already fortified the city. And in, in addition to fortifying and putting those things into place, he spoke. He spoke. So he did some things and he spoke. And it's important for us to know that even when we trust God, we still have to fortify. We have to be ready. We have to prepare and this is so that we can be successful and so we can exercise that faith and, and win and not be <laughs> led by doubt. When you doubt, sometimes you begin to do things a little bit different. You may not be as strong in what you're doing because you're, you're doubting or you're going in there not 100%. Amen? Amen. Second, that was Second Chronicles 32 and 10. And so I'll just put this question out there for you on tonight. And that's the very key question that that king asked. What are you trusting in? (laughs) 32 and 10. What are you trusting in that you think that you can stay in Jerusalem for this siege? And so tonight I'm asking you, what are you trusting in that you think that you can withstand what this life has to throw at you? Whatever that is in your own personal situation. What are you trusting in? Because it does matter what you put your trust in and how you're able to overcome or not overcome or how you're able to withstand, how you're able to endure or how you're able to put the enemy at flight. You don't always have to be on the defense. Sometimes we can be on the offense. We can do some things because we can see the enemy coming from afar off. Amen? What are you trusting in? And that's the question that he asked them on tonight. And that's for you guys. And so the next one is trusting God for strength. That was trusting God for help. Trusting God for strength. That scripture is a, a familiar passage. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ms. Marlon, before I go to the next one. No, I was just saying we, when we trust in God, it's in everything that we do, you know, even in your health. Sometimes it's so hard when we get really sick when people get sick, when they get cancer and different things, it's so hard for them to trust in God because they're looking at the situation. 
sometimes we don't we have to not look at the situation you see that's how God moved on Hezekiah and brought him through this situation the king thought he had him over a barrel by telling him I've did I've did this war I've I've killed these people I've did this don't you see what I've done and so the enemy will say don't you see you're not getting well don't you see you're getting worse off but you still have to put your trust in God regardless of how you feel I know sometimes there's days, but like today, today was one of those days that felt like my leg, I tell you, it just felt like it was just about to, I don't know what it was. I called my nephew, I said, you had a blood clot. How did it feel? What, 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 what happened? You know, I said, you know what? And, and we both talked, and he said, you know, I'm not even worried about the things that's going on in my life. I say, you know, I don't worry about them either. I keep on going, regardless of how I feel. Some days I don't feel like getting up. Some days I don't feel like yesterday. I didn't feel like walking because my leg hurt so bad. But I said, I know that my God is in control. So regardless of how this leg feel, I'm going to keep on pushing my way. It didn't stop hurting. Today it's still hurting. But <laughs> yet still... I don't stop. I put my trust in God because I know he's going to bring me through. And if he doesn't bring me through, I know he's well able to bring me through. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it when I'm trusting in God. And so that's how we have to feel about it, that we got to put all of our trust in God. Not some of our trust in God, but all of our trust in God to yeah. know that he will come through for us. Yeah. We, we had this conversation uh, in, our, in our study. And we were saying that... Um, well, trust God, say, you know, yeah, God, you know, thank you for curing me from this cold or from, from COVID, from cancer. When you say, when the doctor says cancer, we go, oh. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Is it, is it that same trust? Right. Is it, is it that same kind of trust that, hey, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to get me through it. And it does leave doubt. I mean, I'm a, if I'm honest, Doubt creeps in. I mean, and, and I think doubt doubt comes for everybody. Doubt comes for everybody. Right. It's what you do with that. And so, and you just made a. I'm glad you said that because it's like we trust. We may trust God with the small things, right. but we may not trust Him with something that we think is is so big. That we think is big, that we think is big. because we we've classified. You know, the cold is is small and not many people may uh, uh, die from a cold, but oh, when you say cancer, we've given the cancer this great big name or, or any other disease that, okay. you know, and, and it's true, but that same level of trust, and, you, and, and, it's, and, and to combat that, hold on, sis, to combat that is reminding yourself of, of what it is that he done for you the last time, or it, and, to, and that's why he says we're overcomers by the words of our testimony. And I think it's so key for us to know people who have had cancer and have, Amen. God has brought them through and they have given God all the glory. And I, and I keep sharing um, Sister Deborah's testimony, Deborah Smith's testimony, where she said halfway through, you know, she was, she was honest. She said halfway through, I'll be honest, I just felt, I felt like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to give up. But I was reminded of the word of the Lord, that which pretty much says, do not be dismayed, but be to, for her to be courageous, to be strong, have I not commanded you? And so we got this word is not just the words on the paper. This word has life. 
when it's applied to our lives and to our situation. When we work the word, it works. It works. And it is there to, to increase your faith and to encourage you when we go through, because the fact of the matter is we are going to go through. We're going to experience something in this life that can put doubt in our hearts. And I know for me, for, and I'm going to speak for me, I may have this thing where I feel like, man, I, I'm, I feel strong in my faith. And when it concerns me, I got this faith. But when it comes to your kids, when it comes to, you know what I mean, something that may not necessarily be you, it's a, just a different outlook for me it is. I know it's a different level of me exercising that faith concerning, oh, God, you know, yes, Father, what? Because <laughs> it's your kids. You know, it's your kids, and I don't know if it should be. There probably shouldn't be a difference, but there's a shake in there where they, I got to dig in a little bit more and say, God, you know, I trust you. I know you're able. You know, you got to build yourself back up and be reminded of who God is in your situation because it, it's, it's going to come. Doubt comes. It's what you do with doubt when it comes. Amen? Go ahead, Steve. I have a problem. I, I think the main problem that Again, we keep him in a box, a very small box, and we describe that what we think he can do and what he can't do. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, the bank was trying to take away my house, and my first reaction was get upset. My second reaction, I thought about it and I prayed about it, and then finally. And I was really going through, I'm talking about going through the courthouse, everything. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, Lord, if you gave me this house, if you allow them to take it away, then you don't want me here. You probably have something else for me. But whatever you decide, Lord, I'm going to go along with it. And I let it go. I wasn't angry no more. I wasn't upset. I wasn't even worried. I just let it go. When I went to the courthouse, the judge said to me, don't ever come back here without a lawyer. And every time I went up there, I took one piece of paper, handed it to him, and I'm on back again. <laughs> you know. And this went on like for about three to four times. Mm -hmm. And finally, I got a letter in the mail. The house was mine still. Do you see what I'm saying? Amen. So, But if I didn't trust in God and put it in his hand, and if I was, if I'd continue to fight and, and, and argue and decide that, well, it's my house and you can't have it and all that, maybe I would have lost it. There was about five people was losing them house at the time. And all four of uh, the other people, them lost their houses but me. Amen. And I feel like it's because and I trusted that God was going to do what was best for me. Whether him take it or him leave it, it was going to be better for me. Amen. Amen. I think that's a hard place too, because I think when we pray and when we when we seek God and we're praying for something specific, we're asking God for what we're asking God for, and a lot of times we're not considering the other thing as an alternative to what God can do. We're not giving Him that that option. God, you know, healing, and we see healing in this way. Yeah. Healing needs to look like this. Yeah. This is the way it ought to be. Yeah. And God has his way. And that, I think that's a hard thing to deal with. And that's always been a hard thing for, for people to, to really deal with uh, in loss. You know, when you lose someone and those different things. And I might be getting a, a, um, ahead of myself here. But um, 
that's a, it's a hard place because you may accept one answer as victory when the answer that is opposite of what you prayed for can still be considered victory because God gets the final say. God, ultimately, what he decides is best. He's God, you know. We got to think about Job who's saying, well, what, you know, what have you, how do you question who I am and the decisions that I make, you know? Do you know where the, the snow came from? And did you tell the water how far it can go to this boundary? And do you know how the stars were put into place? And we, 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 we sometimes take on things that are too great for us because we're looking at it from what we know in our, in our little, you know what I mean? From our minds and from our perspective. But God, in the grand scheme of life and in this great big picture that we have no idea about, he knows what's best. And I think that when you come to that realization, you can truly put your trust in God. It's just a different way to think. It's a, diff it's a godly perspective. And a lot of times we think we have a godly perspective because we're basing off of what we do know in the scriptures. But the more you learn in these scriptures and in this word, the more you realize you don't know. Say it, Major, on the mic. Uh, we entertain our feelings. I mean, how you feel about it, 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 it really doesn't matter because God's going to get the glory in the end no matter how you feel about it. Even if he didn't do it the way you thought right. he should do it. But our, our emotions and our feelings start tugging at us and say, you know, that, that hurt. Right. Okay. That's that hard place. That's that. That loss, I wanted that person to be here. You know, God, you're able to do it. Why didn't you do it? <laughs> and, and, and people, if people are honest, people question God. You know, why? Yeah. You, you, people question God. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if you have that relationship with me, I'm going to answer you back and say, have you considered, <laughs> did you put the stars into place? Do you know? How dare the, the pot? question the maker, and I'm paraphrasing them scriptures, but the one who, who molds and shapes the bowl, shall that bowl, that thing, look up and question the maker and say, why didn't you make me this way? Or why didn't you do it that way? How do we get to decide, you know, we are not God. And so ultimately, when we come to that realization, that's just a hard thing to deal with. And I don't think people talk about that. Because but but we, are we, are we, trust, are we um, doubting God or are we doubting the results? Some people, and that's, that's, some people do both. Some people, oh, the hospital didn't do this way. Oh, the right, they could have, right. if they would have, because I know, but we don't know. And we got to trust that if we prayed and we were interceding and we were fasting and we were praying and God is God and he's able and we're in communion with him and he's done it before, so you know he's able to do it and he didn't do it this time. Was it his will? He's God. And so even if the doctors didn't do all of what they were supposed to do, how do you, and, and I've been there because you begin to question and you look in detail, well, you know what? You know, they were slacking. They was overwhelmed. They had too many people in that hospital at one time. And, you know, you get to, because that's the human side of you and, and, and our wanting and our longing. And I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's human. But when we get connected with God and we get connected with his way, and know his, his characteristics and the way that he's operated in the scriptures and the way that he's operated in your own life, 
in the past, you, have, you take comfort in that eventually. You go through the grieving process or you go through those, those, those processes. And some people go through those things and they never, they never snap back. There's some people today that are angry with God or have lost trust in God, have turned and went in a different direction because of loss or because they didn't get the answer that they wanted and is he, you know, begin to question everything because of what their eyes were set on and God did it another way. I was, uh, I work in the medical field for over a good 25, 30 years. And I, and I always work, and the, the thing is about trust, I always remember people would come and say, oh, you work here, you, you're not scared of this and that. And I always answered, even when I wasn't coming to church at the time and all that stuff, I, my, my answer was always, I am not worried. The Lord has me here to help. So I'm not going to, so it's nothing going to happen to me because he's going to watch over me while I do my job. So I always trusted that it would keep me safe and healthy for as long as I was doing what I was doing. So you see, sometimes you can trust and sometimes you forget how to trust. I don't know if you understand when you say forget how to trust. Well, no, each, I, I think, and it's like what Major was saying, when you say, I don't know if you forget how to trust, I think that it's continual, like we're saying, it's perpetual trust. And so that's in every situation. And sometimes when it seems like a smaller situation, it's easy to trust God in something that you don't think is hard. But it's harder. Maybe it's harder to trust God when you think something. Oh, I've seen a lot of people die from that, or I've seen this thing. You know, I don't. I don't know. You know that doubt creeping in. When ultimately God is able to do anything He decides to do, He's not limited. You know, and so if He's going to do it, He's going to do it. This is not your time, no matter what. Right? I mean. We just, I think, it's, I think we have to get there, and we have to operate in, operate in a godly perspective when it comes to those things, knowing sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes complete healing is that loved one going on to, to be with the Lord. Sometimes that, you know, and it's a hard pill to swallow because it's not what you wanted, but that's the drive, that's the reality. That's the reality, and I think it's just so... Ironic, we're already, we're in the vein. That's where I feel like all things are connected because that's where we are. Even we're pastor talking on Sunday of great triumph, triumph. You know, can you be victorious even in death? <laughs> Someone say, huh? It's some saints that believed in Hebrews 11. They didn't see it, but they believed. They hoped against all hope. And they, because they knew that God was able. See, God is not limited because he didn't, this person didn't live, doesn't change God's power and authority and might. He's able, he's still able. It didn't happen for that person. Was that his will? That was God's will. You want to just say something? You got a mic? Major, get up. I really believe in faith. Have faith in God. When you have faith, 
you know, you have to know God's going to do what he said he's going to do. You know, and when you accept that, have confidence in him and know he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And once you get in that place, then everything else will happen if you believe in God. But like you said, sometimes, you know, if it's time for someone to go, it's their time. But then, like my sister, she was a minister. She, you know, powerful minister. And we can understand why God took her, you know. But it was her time. We had to realize it was her time to go, you know. But then, if you know what God can do, he'll do it. When you trust him, he'll do it. But you have to have that faith to know that it happens, you know, because, you know, there were things that I would go through at times, and I trust God, and I say, okay, God, I give it to you. It's in your hands, because if I try to do it, I mess up every time. And so I had to learn to trust God. I had to learn that. Let him do it. Let it go and give it to him. Because if you holding on to it, <laughs> you didn't give it to him. You know, you didn't because you're holding on to it. But once you let that thing go and know that God got it, it's going to happen. You just have to believe. And, and sometimes, you know, I think that, you know, people look to us for hope. Yeah. And if we crack every time, yeah. you know, some people that don't know God. They're looking at they're looking at you. They're looking at me. They're looking at Purdue and saying, "Man, if he, I don't stand a chance." I think that's true. I think I keep thinking about Job in that regard of just yeah. going through yeah. and how he was up and down in 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 what he was saying. God, for one minute, God is all powerful and God's gonna do it. In the next minute. He's dealing with his, his, his circumstances. He's what's right there with him, his suffering, his pain, the anguish, and he's speaking to that. And so you can see the tussle of, I, God, I know you're able. God, I know you're real. And that's, I think that's a natural thing to experience. But as long as you keep going back to God, I believe that that's, that's where it's at, that ultimately, because he got credit for trusting God and being a blameless man. He still got credit for that. And God restored him double-fold, you know, of everything he lost. And that, I think that's a, a really good example of life and the things that we see, the things that we may experience, whether that be suffering in our health, whether that be whatever it is that we experience in this life. And it comes from all different, why do certain people, I have the question of why certain people go through certain things and some people don't go through and why is that? We all got our own life to live. You have your path, I have my path. And I, you know, who have, I don't have all the answers and I'm not a person who can, who's ashamed to be like, I don't know everything. I have those conversations with God. I'm, I'm there. I'm there crying and asking and longing. But ultimately, I always end up back to, I know that God knows what's best for me. I know that he knows what's best for me. And, and I know that I have given these things over to him. I have cast, I've prayed, I've been obedient in this area. And so... At the end of the day, when the decision is made and when it happens, it is not always easy, but that's, that's the answer. And I do have to go with that and begin healing in that area. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we stuck here, but the next one said, trusting for strength. 
that familiar passage that says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And it wants me to share, it says, Christ does not do everything for the believer, and neither does the believer do everything for himself. Both Christ and the believer have a part in conquering circumstances. The believer declares, I can, and he gets up and faces the circumstances head on. It is then that Christ steps in and strengthens the believer. Christ infuses strength into the believer while the believer is tackling the problem. You can trust God to provide you with the strength to do what he has purposed you to do. I think that's just cut and dry. Like, that's just so clean cut of, you know, you got that. And to me, I don't know why when I I read that, it always makes me think about that faith without works is dead or that how there's a partnership there, how we still have a a part to play. Like, God may be using your hands and your arms. He's using your mouth to speak to people. He's asking and requiring you to do something in this earth to fulfill his purpose, what his purpose is in your life. And that's not you just reading that scripture and knowing what that scripture says, and yes, Lord. You know what I mean? That's, it's going to have to, re, it's something required. It's going to be something behind that, yeah. putting that thing into to place. And God, and, and as, you, as you go, God is moving. God is allowing you and giving you the resources, the strength, and the things that you need to do what it is that he's asked you to do. Amen. We don't serve a God that asks you to do something and doesn't give you what you need or it's impossible for you to do it. If he asks you to do it, it's possible for it to come to pass. And so just knowing there's opposition or there's obstacles and things that you, you're going to face in this life. We're going to face some things in this life. And the quicker we just know that, you know, Let's just get rid of the myth of when you come unto God, you know, when you come to Christ, that all of your problems go away, and it's just, you know, we kumbaya. It, there's, life happens. It will rain on the just and the unjust. We are all going to face something. And in knowing that, I think it's just better to be with the Lord than to, to do it on your own. Amen. I remember being without God and going through versus being with God and going through, and there is a, there's a significant difference in how you go through this life when you are in relationship and in communion, when you're trusting in God and not man or, or in, in some, putting your trust in things that will fail. They have no, <laughs> yeah, huh? How about the, I, mean, I keep thinking, what about they built that golden calf and they're praying to this statue and we're praying to these things or you're praying and, you know, trusting in your money and you're trusting in right. the different things and it's easy to do. Because those things are reliable temporarily, huh? Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, your trust needs to be in something that you know is a guarantee, a without a doubt yeah. type of God. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Were you about to say something? Um, I'm talking about myself. You know, when I go through things, and, you know, sometimes when we go through, we know God said what he said, his words say it and everything. But um, I notice sometimes, like, when I go through things, I feel like the Lord is getting me prepared to another level. It's like when I go through, it builds my faith. It makes me stronger because I gave it to him. I said, okay, God, uh, you know, 
know, sometimes it gets tough. And it seems like when things get really, really tough, it's like, wow, I can't do it. <laughs> you got to do it, you know. <laughs> you had to help me because I can't do it. So when I came at that point, it feels like it, I don't know if you know about like a spiritual birth, like you're going through pain in the natural. And then a spiritual birth, it feels, you know, like you're pregnant. And it's like a spiritual birth, like you're going to bless that thing out of you. That blessing's going to come out because God is preparing you. He's making you stronger. Because the more you go through, the stronger you get because you're praying. You say, God, you do it. Lord, it's in your hand, your spirit, your anointing. God, I trust you, God. I have confidence in you, God. God, you do it. And when you do that, and it makes you stronger because I'm talking about me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what nobody, nobody else, but with me, when I go through things, I'm, I'm like, I can't do this on my own. Amen. I can't. So you don't have no choice but to give it to him right. because what you want is not what God wants anyway. You know, God, let your will be done. You do it, God, you yeah. know. You know what's good for me. You know what's best for me. If it's not for me, move it out of the way and make me strong. Amen. That's how I feel. Amen. Now, it sounds like you're encouraging yourself I in the Lord. You're building up your, you know. And it seems like it takes you to another level when you do that. Because I'm not bragging or nothing. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I'm Fine. just saying as a testimony, okay? Look at it as a testimony because... When you give it to the Lord and you know in your mind he's real, if you know he's real, if you know it without a doubt, nothing can go wrong. Nothing. Because I trust him. And that's all we can do. <laughs> Amen. 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 Sound like you just, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, somebody, I, I mean, I build myself up. I mean, you speak the word back to yourself. Encourage yourself. Um, to keep on holding on to your faith, to those words that, that give you that reassurance. Encourage yourself. That's fine. Amen. As we talking about strength, we did say trust in God for strength. That's where your strength comes from is God. Amen. Amen. Um, the next place I was about to go is trusting the process. I heard um, that kept, I've, I've heard that like three times this week. I heard pastors say, he, I think he was talking about football, though. He's talking about some of the football teams, and he was saying um, those guys win, but those guys trust the process. And then I heard, I don't know if it was on the news, trust the process. Um, trust the process. And then I watched, it's a, um, it's a Christian movie, it's called Greater. And I promise you the same words. And, people, and it, it seemed, for me, when that happens, I know, you know, okay, because nobody else heard that. I was saying, did you hear that? My son's saying, no, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Trust, trust the process. There's something there. It says we have to trust that God has a greater plan even in the midst of our tragedies. We have to trust that there's a bigger, a bigger plan. There's a, uh, and, and I think in trusting the process, what, what is that in getting to the end, getting to victory? The end of this story is that we win. We, we, we're victorious. And I just feel like as we go along, 
and you go through whatever it is that you have to go through, whatever this life has thrown at you that you have to, to face or to conquer or to overcome, whatever that is, as you go along that process and you encourage yourself in the word and you're reminding yourself to, to trust in God, if you would just, in the back of your mind, know the end of what that looks like. If you would know you, what, how God got you through the last time you went through something and you won and you overcame and you have that victory and you know what it is to, to shout and you know what it is to, to see someone has been healed or someone has been delivered, whatever that is, as you go through your process, as you go through whatever you're going through in your life, when you have that, there's just some fuel there's some fuel in there. And I feel like, I don't know if that's where you were going, but there's, some, there's something in there that lets you know that regardless of where I am in this process or how this goes, I'm going through this. And as I go through this, I do have that victory or that, that winner mentality that the end, regardless of how it comes out, as long as I trust in God and I'm in God, I win. I win. And I, I think that's big in trusting God. I think that's big because... We don't just wake up and say, I don't, I don't trust God anymore. You go through something. And as you go through whatever it is that you go through, because some people, I don't know if you guys know, go through what they're going through for long, extended periods of time. You know, they made us start out strong running that thing and, and, and fighting in that direction. And as they, and, and the situation begin to pick and deal and dwindle and dwindle, if you are not exercising your faith and staying in your word and doing those things to encourage yourself, and that trust can begin to dwindle and doubt can creep in there. Doubt can creep in. They didn't start out saying they didn't trust God. They ended up saying, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. And so I think as we go through, and for you watching online, as you go through your situation, just to have that that trusting the process that as I go through this, at the end, regardless of what it is, I win. I'm a winner. And, and we don't get to go through the way the world goes through, like you said, Major. We don't get to, to go through that way. We have to go through the way they were in Hebrews in, in, in chapter 11, hoping against all hope, knowing that God is able because he is able. And if he doesn't do it, he didn't do it. And that's in his hands, and that's his decision. But did you trust him all the way through the process? We got to trust him. Go ahead, Major. I think uh, I heard a pastor explain one time where he said, it's like watching a game, but you already know the score. Right. So you're down like 20 in the third quarter. You're sitting there going, yeah, okay. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're going, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still good because you already know that you won. And that's the mindset. That's good. That's, that's, a, that's a hard mindset. That's good. I mean, that's, that's so that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, that just put the little cherry on what I'm saying. If you know, if you already know, I'm a winner. I'm in Christ. I know he's got my back. Regardless of how I'm going through or what I'm going through, it is hard while you're in it. But it's so, it's, it's there. And if you keep that mentality, you go through differently. 
You struggle, but the struggle's a little bit different. It's a little different when you got, A, I'm a winner. God's got me. God can do all things. It's, he's had, he has my best interest at heart. It's hard, it's hard to get there. And I think that we struggle as Christians, as people, Amen. saved, unsaved with, man, God is big in this, but he's not as big in this. He's big with the common cold, but oh, cancer. Oh, we've given these other names, these great, we've made those names greater. When God is, God is greater, God's name is greater than all these other, these other things, and he's able. And so it is, we truly uh, placing your trust in God's hand is trusting him with the results you, you, that you prayed for, that you asked for, and the results that didn't quite go the way that you wanted it to go. It's a tough spot. As I've been there, I'm speaking from experience because I've been there. It is hard. Say, man, I asked you and I know you were able, you know, why? You know, why, Lord? But you come back to who, who put the stars in, in their place and who told the water how far it could go. When you know that you serve a God like that, that is able to do, if he can do all of those things, and God does deal with me a lot with cre his creation. I can't even imagine, I can't even, my small mind can't even comprehend the why. And I may not know why, but I need to be able to deal with, one day I may know. But if I never know, do I still trust God? Do you trust God? You know, and it's easy to say, oh, I trust the Lord. And you're not going through anything, or you don't even, you know what I mean? But then when you go through something, there's your test. It says those tests and trials come to make you strong. They come to make you strong. But how do you go through? How do you exercise that trust? How do you, are you trusting God for guidance, for help, as we discussed, and for his strength? Are you trusting the process? Another thing in that movie, it was just, it was just mind-blowing in there was a, it was a guy who basically, he was a football player, but he was a walk-on. And it was like, <laughs> he was one of many walk-ons. And it was like, you would never see the light of day, pretty much, if you walk on to a team. And <laughs> these guys that are already set, have set positions, have already been promised what they're going to be, and you walk on there. It was some work for him to do. And in that, he just exercised Faith, he was, they show he was a Christian man, his faith, but he has some work to do. He has something that he had to do to put forth effort in that process. Long story short, he ended up getting on the team, which was like, and this is, such, this is a, based off of a true story, was Brandon Bullsworth. And I guess he played for Arkansas, and he was a walk-on. But the name of it was Greater. I'm just telling y'all because that goes along right it's right in the same vein as trust the process. Another thing that God put on my heart before we go, well, I'm going to go to the next one and then share what God placed on my heart. The next one is trusting for deliverance from distress. Deliverance from distress. And they describe distress here. Distress is an unpleasant emotion, feeling, thought, condition, or behavior that can affect the way you think feel or act, and can make it hard to cope. And again, I probably jumped ahead when I went straight to grieving because that is 
you know, that was really at the forefront for me. Things that are hard to cope with or hard to, to deal with. Um, and in here is asking, uh, what are some coping mechanisms that you use to deal with distress in your life? What are some things that help you to cope with distress in your own life? And I'm asking you guys so y'all can speak back to me. Is there something that you do that helps you deal with distress in your own life? And the scripture they're using there says, from my distress, it's one of my favorite, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me. He answered me and set me in a large place. When the psalmist was in distress, God delivered him. And if you have access to this kind of divine aid, what is there to be afraid of? When situations appear overwhelming, you can trust God to protect and deliver you from distress. And so I'm putting that back out there. Y'all got to talk back. What are some things that you may do in your own life that help you deal with distress? Ms. Adrian, I know that I've gone through um, a lot of different things, a lot of, a lot of family members gone, especially my immediate family, my, my sisters and brothers all gone. And it was hard. When you think of being a young woman and uh, at the age of in 30 years old and I lose my baby sister, you know, that was devastating to me. And I cried. I mean, I really, I sought God. I really went to God in prayer. And I just prayed, God, please hear my cry. I know, Lord, I had wanted my sister to come and stay with me for years. And I told her, I said, come stay with me and I can help you out. Just at the time, I hadn't seen her in 10 years, and I went to Houston, and she was there. And I said, would you like to go to Florida with me? And for the first time, she said yes. Oh, I was so excited, I didn't know what to do. But that same, the next day, she got sick that day. That next day, she went into a coma. And she never came out that coma. And I cried so hard. And I asked God, God, on me, I know what your word says. I know what your word says, God. But hear my cry. Hear my cry, oh God. Allow my sister to make it in on my cry, Lord God. I cried for a long time. And then I released that thing. I said, God, I know what your word says. God, I'm trusting in you. I don't know how it's going to be. I say, because, Lord, the man, the thief on the cross with you, Hallelujah, Lord God. He was not saved, but oh God, you let him in, Lord God. So I don't know how it's going to be, Lord God. One day I may see her again, Lord God. But I just thank God because as I went with losing my youngest sister, my brother went first, then my other brother, then my sister. There were 12 of us. There's two of us today. Two of us. I'm the youngest. My sister is 88, yeah, 10 years older than me, 88. But it was a hard thing to lose so many. But I trusted in God through all of it. And I didn't go through a grieving point after my youngest sister went because I knew where the others stood in the Lord. And so it was easy when they left to say, God, I know one day, I'm going to see my sisters. I'm going to see my brothers. I'm going to see my mother one day.
because I know they're in your arms. And so it made it really easy for me to go through that. My youngest sister was the hardest for me to go through because I wanted so much for her to have what I experienced in my young, my young life. She didn't get to experience the things, you know, uh, that I got. My brothers and sisters kind of catered to me and did a lot for me, but I did a lot for them too. You know, I was the I iron their clothes, I cleaned their house when their wives didn't like to clean house. So I did a lot of things. My youngest sister didn't get the opportunity to do those things. So I just praise God that he has been with me and he has blessed me and he's carried me through. So, and, and when you was talking, Miss Adrian, about the process, it's not just for you and your mm -hmm. family, it's for others. Like in the morning time okay. when we hear the prayer on the prayer line, and you hear somebody who God has actually blessed, you can shout for that. You can get excited for somebody else. Sometimes we all, we're selfish. It's all about me, my, and mine. Mm. But it can't be about me, mine, mine. It's gotta be about the other person also. Be actually glad when God yeah. touches the life of somebody else, when he brings somebody through a difficult time, when he brings them through after they've had cancer yeah. and they've healed, you can shout with them and be excited for them. So I thank God because he has been with me and he has blessed me and he has brought me through a mighty long way. It's not an easy task. Going through death is never easy. I mean, it's a hard task to go through when you lose somebody. But when they, you know that they died in the Lord, you know that it makes it a lot easier for you. Amen. I think uh, I like Miss Marva. Uh, I cried when my mom passed, but um, she had been dealing with Alzheimer's for, for years. And, and I think it was unselfish. Of course, I, I didn't want her to, but I didn't want her to suffer either. So I think I was crying more because she wasn't here anymore. Uh, but I think I was crying too because you know God knew best and she, didn't, she wasn't suffering anymore. So cry, yeah. How do we deal with distress? Yeah, tears. Yeah. Pray. How do you deal with distress, Myrna? I pray. Um, when I was feeling really, really bad, after I finished praying, I would look at comedy, something that I can laugh about. Because when you laugh, it, it, it actually helps you from the inside. So that's what I do to relieve my, my you know. Cope with stress or distress in this. this. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I mean, there's so many different things when you... You go to these different places, they got all kind of ways of coping. How do you, you cope with stress? But in this word, how do you cope with, with distress? And it is, it's, it's turning to the Lord. Um, and I don't think it's anything wrong with doing more. Um, some people work out or some people, you know, do things to relieve healthy ways to um, deal with things that are, um, that are painful, that you might be going through, that hurt you. Um, it says an unpleasant emotion because I think that distress can often lead to depression or to some of those unhealthy things when you don't 
have a coping mechanism or you don't have a way or you don't turn to God. And, and I've talked to some people and they feel like they can't, and as they're going through, feel like they can't turn to God, you know. Some people are upset with God or some people are, you know, it's just people are in different places. And so I think it's healthy that we even have this conversation for people to hear online or to how do you deal with distress? Because the fact is you are going to go through something that may cause you distress. And how do you cope, you know, as a Christian? You know, we, we, we shy away from a lot of the, the mental health things or the counseling or the different things when, in fact, it's probably more healthy or it is more healthy for you to talk to someone or to, to, to seek help, to have that prayer life, to have those things in place and exercise them before you turn to other things. You know, distress causes, without it being dealt with, causes depression, it causes a lot of other unhealthy things and people committing suicide and a, a lot of things, you know, because they can't, they just do not know how to cope with, with loss. Um, but I'm gonna read this one more time just at the end of that. From my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. And for me, with dealing with that scripture, when he just says that large place, a lot of time when you're going through distress, it feels like a tight space. It feels like a confined space. In fact, for some, they describe, I feel like I have nowhere to go. I don't have a, I can't, I can't move. You know, they just feel constricted. They feel there's no way away from this emotion that I feel I have no outlet. And so that's why it's important to mention those different ways of how to deal with distress, how to, to cry out. It's okay to, we got to make it healthy to cry and move the stigma off of, especially for men, to cry out or to express any emotion at all. And some people, and that may be natural for some, they don't express anything. And then maybe one day as they're going along with their life, minding their own business, in the middle of the grocery store, they finally just bursted out crying because something reminded them or something finally hit them and allowed them to release that, that emotion. Amen? You were going to say something? I know when I lost my mom, the time my mom passed away, I took it very hard. And I know she's in the right place with the Lord and all this and that, but your best friend, you know, someone you could talk to and there for you, it's just so hard. But at the time when I was going through, it was like if I started drill on her thinking, I want mom, I just want my mom. If yeah. I keep thinking of it, it's like it make me feel, it's kind of like weak and depressed. Well, I wasn't depressed, but I just felt like I was getting sick or something. I didn't know it was a funny feeling. And so begin, when I began to shake that thing off, I started to pray. <laughs> like that you know yeah. because I know that God has her in heaven you know and but then praying I prayed through that thing I had to pray because if I didn't pray I felt myself really getting down yeah. and I'm starting to um, stay at home you know when you got to go to the grocery store because people come well she's in a good place she okay you know I didn't want to hear it at that time but thank God for the strength uh, he gave me the strength. That's all I can say. 
Yeah. He gave me the strength that I need because I took it really hard with my mom. That's my mom, you know. But I t- God gave me the strength because I felt real like I was going to get sick because I just wanted mama. I wanted to hold her and touch her. And she was my best friend. But then when I began to pray, God gave me strength through it all. He did. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And that's a good place to draw strength from, <laughs> from prayer. And the idea is not that you won't feel or not to feel that those emotions or to feel that longing. The idea is what do you do? How do you cope with when you, what do you do when you feel those things? Or how do you deal with those things in a healthy, you know what I mean? In a way that you still are in God and you're still not letting yourself go so, so where, you know, you're depressed and stuff. Because if you dwell on it, if you continue on thinking about it, that's what really affects you if you're thinking on it and dwelling on it, you know. But I had to let that go. I had to let her go because she's in a good place. But if I kept on holding on to it, I probably would have got sick because I wanted her. But I thank God. Glory to God Amen. for the strength, the health and strength. Amen. The next one open uh, is trusting for provisions. And that's Matthew 6 and 26. It says, look at the birds in the sky. They don't plant or harvest. They don't even store grain in barns. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than birds? And in that trusting God for provision, that's trusting God to provide everything that you need. You know, that God will make sure that you have what you need in this life. Um, It says, for many of us, the the admonition not to worry about your life, it kind of sounds just impossible to obey. It it sounds like we're saying, don't breathe. (laughs) It says, worry and anxiety over life are commonplace. Like it's common to just, to think about what's tomorrow and what's not happening. But But to this, Jesus said in effect, when was the last time you saw a bird with an ulcer? <laughs> Birds don't worry about where they're going to get their next meal, and yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. So if God gives this kind of attention to birds, won't he do much more for you? You are God's most valuable creation. He cares and will provide for you if you trust in him and his word. Okay? Easier said than done. Um, but the truth, and I know, um, I think I've used this passage of scripture as a meditation scripture on the prayer line. And I've heard it many times before, even, you know, just in reading it. But when you really dive into that word and really think about, man, if he'll do that for the birds, you know what I mean? And there's a song that goes along with that. If he'll clothe the, 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 the lilies in the field, how much more, you know, does he love you? And that's a song right now that it just speaks, how much more does he love you? If he'll do that for some birds and for flowers in the field and they're clothed and they have everything that they need, can we trust God to know that he will sustain us and he will provide everything that we need? And there's a difference between the things we want and the things that we need. I want to put that out there. <laughs> Because somebody's saying, well, he ain't give me my, you know, he ain't give me that car, you know, or something. But he, he will provide. And, and, and let me just add to that. 
Sometimes what you need is a car. And God can uh, make a way, make a way where it was not connecting for you with your finances. He can open some doors and, and, and put some people in your life and put some things into place for you to have those things that you need. If you, and it's a need for you if you need to get to work. If you need to be able to provide and take your children, that is a need for you. You know, sometimes we want to exile all, uh, all uh, objects as if you don't have a need to drive to work or to go to the grocery store or to, granted, you can walk, but let's, let's talk. Let's be real in here. Make it plain. Amen? And so that's trusting God for provision. I hate speeding through there. But just to keep that in, into perspective, for me, that's enough. If he's going to provide, if the birds have every, if the bird <laughs> has everything that, if he, and they said a sparrow can't fall without him knowing about it. My God, y'all just think about that. For me, that's enough. That's enough right there. He knows what you need, you know? That's right. That's right. Even for your want. And so I serve a God who has provided wants and needs. I serve a God of abundance and being able to have things that I do not need. I do not need them. And to keep that into perspective of, but keeping that as knowing that that is a want. Go ahead, she's trying to say something. I tell my friends, they said, look, my God supply all of my needs, and it gives me a lot of my wants. I don't say all of my wants, but I say it gives me most of my wants. And I was on my way here, and I was telling my mom, I said, you know, sometimes people say stuff and you think it's foolishness, but it's not, you know? Because I have so much stuff in my house, and I was complaining one day, like, oh my God, with all this stuff, I gotta get rid of it. And, and the person said to me, yeah, you know, the Bible tell you that God would open the heavens and bless you till you don't have to, to receive it. There it goes. And it's true. But I also remind her that even when he give you that much, he don't give it to you just for you. That's good. And bless you to be a blessing to others. I believe so that. Not to forget that, you know. I believe that. I believe that as God makes provision for you, and provides your needs and some of your wants. You do, you have that. You need to be that person who is willing to provide because some of your wants, mm -hmm. some of your wants are someone else's needs. That's right. And so if you, you knowing that, we, I think as Christians, we have an obligation to, 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 to see that, to, to have eyes to see that, who we can be a, a blessing to. Because when God makes provision for you, the provision that he makes for you when you're living in abundance is not, is not just for you. And that's that God of overflow. That's a whole nother study. But that, that there, there is something there that we serve a God of abundance. He will bless you abundantly so that you can be a blessing in the lives of other people. Right. Amen. Go ahead, Ms. Marva. You know, God supplies our every need. <laughs> and I thank him because just discussing that today, <laughs> we just had that discussion with someone today, how God has supplied my every need. I don't mm -hmm. have a need. I have a lot of wants. 
and I, we talked about that today. I have a lot of wants, but God has supplied my wants also. So I thank him every day for supplying my every need because the word said he'll supply your every need right. according to his riches and yeah. glory. So I thank him for supplying my need, looking after me and protecting me and watching over me. And uh, Myrna was saying something about getting rid of things. <laughs> and uh, this year, I got rid of a whole lot of things in my house. I decluttered a lot of things. Then I began to look around, <laughs> and there were some things I had gotten rid of that I did need, really needed. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have that anymore. Oh, I've gotten rid of that. I said, Lord, I just went overboard. You didn't tell me to get rid of that. You said I needed to get rid of some things, but not all of the things that I got rid of. But you know what? It was okay. I said, Lord, it's okay. I really don't need them. I, I had a need for them because what was the fall came in, and everybody seemed to want some fall wreaths for their doors. Well, I had brand new flowers at my house. And I got rid of all the metal yard sales, all the brand new flowers, and then I didn't have none to make any wreath with. And I was like, oh my God, you just got rid of all of that stuff that you paid your money out, and you like gave it away. Right, right. People came up and I said, oh, you can just have those. Have you know what that was? Time so you can just have them. <laughs> you know what that was? That was mm -hmm. Pastor preaching. I forgot yeah, what the name of that sermon was, but mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. I think a whole lot of women was out there getting rid of, was in their closet, mm -hmm. sliding stuff they ain't put on in a long time and trying stuff on, seeing if I still yeah. got it. No, no. So, yeah. But, I mean, we did, do we need to do that? Do we, we do need to declutter. And we do, I think we do have a lot more than, than we, we need. Some of us have a lot more than, than we need. And we so, do, but sometimes, you know, we get, I mean, like I got rid of, my Christmas decoration that go on my table. I was like, okay, Lord, I went to look for my napkins and my, my centerpiece. I said, Lord, it's gone. I don't have it. I mean, I really just got rid of stuff. I said, Lord, but I just thank him. I, I really thank him because, like you say, he clothed the birds, right. the lilies of the field, you know. So if he does that for them, he's going to give us everything that we need. Amen. And everything that we want, God will give you your wants also. If you're obedient, if you do the things that he have called us to do, if you stay before him in prayer, calling up on him day and night, God will come through for you. He will make sure that you have everything that you need. Yeah, you, you're going to go through some things in life. But it's so much better when you have God on your side. That's right. It's Amen. so much better when you put him first in everything. Don't put him on a back burner. Let him be the back of everything. Let him be first in everything that you do. And when you need something, go to him and ask him for it. <laughs> and then trust him that he's going to come through That's for you. That's good. That's what we need to do. Trust him Amen. to make Amen. sure that he's going to come through for you. Amen. Hey, to close this out, Major, can you get, get Psalm uh, 23 for me? And that was a last-minute thing. I was trying to... Uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't trying to go there. God dropped me right there and was just showing me how that is. It deals with trust. All of Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Yes, sir. Psalm 23. 
Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right past, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Amen. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Amen. Amen. Each of those pages, you go back and catch that. It just captured every single topic of need, strength, the guidance, the leading. And when you go through distress, yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, you know, just all of everything that we discussed, he, he dropped that on me, and it, it, it did something to me when I was reading it in a, with that in perspective, with that trust, and with all of the things that we talked about is some weight back there. Think about how many times you've heard Psalm 23. Read that with trust in mind and, and see what that does for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this concludes our, our Bible study for tonight. Amen. Go ahead and give God some praise for his, his word, for his guidance on tonight. God, we thank you.